With Metro by T-Mobile, your hard-earned money goes further. This tax season, there's zero fees to switch. Enjoy Metro's lowest price. Just 25 bucks a line for four lines. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Now that's the best deal in wireless. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. All lines lose promo rate if any deactivates. No fees on select phones. Limit one per line with eligible port. Excludes sales tax. Limited time offer. Additional terms apply. See MetroByTMobile.com. It's time for a new episode of Kings of the Podcast. Introducing your host, the mayor, John Hovan, and DP, Dennis Bernstein. Buckle up, here we go! DB, Kings of the Podcast, episode 15.1. We're dropping a second episode. That's nice right. surprise for the listeners this week. Absolutely, John. You like those point ones and point sevens. You like those fractions and decimals. It's kind of fun, way. you know, to, to put two episodes out within a short period of time. It's actually great, great content, and uh, a fans need it at this point, John. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting, DB, is that we get so excited every time that we put out a new episode, and then almost immediately, within a couple of hours, people are asking us, when is the next right, episode exactly. going to drop? Man, we just... We thank just, you, fans. We, thank you. We appreciate it. But we just birthed that episode. Yeah. And then, you know... Uh, it takes so, time. Well, maybe we, need to, maybe we need to speed the process up a little bit so that we maybe can Maybe we need a plan. <laughs> Patience, fans. Have some patience, and we'll come patience. up with a plan we'll come up with to deliver you more plan. content. A plan. A plan. Not the plan. Okay. okay. More content, though, is what they want. They so, do. so here they you go. Us. Episode 15.1. And we're going to totally change things up this time around, DB. We are we're going to bring in, as a special guest this week, Jared Anderson Dolan yep. from the Ontario Reign, one of the King's top prospects, the future. Um, not that he is the anointed one, but he's one of a group of players that would he be. He should be the next core. Yeah, part, yeah absolutely. Core. This right. is a guy who's going to wear a letter in Los Angeles. Yep. And um, so we'll talk with him. And then uh, normally we do the rain report in the third period. We do. We're going to flip the script. It's episode 15.1 DB. So we're going to do the rain report first. Just when you know the answers, we change the questions. Roddy Piper. I was just going to ask you, DB, if you know who that was, but that would have been a stupid question. Roddy Piper. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's get to it, Jay. All right. So the rain report. Look, uh, Johnny Brzezinski, former Kings farmhand, was here uh, over the weekend, uh, last weekend with the San Jose Barracuda. Of course, he, uh, man, talk about how timing affects everything in life. This is a player who should have been a member of the Los Angeles Kings last year. However, he had an injury in training camp. That set him back. He didn't come back to the second half of the season. He would have played for the Kings if he was healthy coming out of camp. He's not healthy. He basically has a hard time making it into the lineup, and he ends up leaving. Um, as, a, as an unrestricted free agent in a weird sort of unrestricted free agency. It had to do with the fact that he hadn't played enough games or played too many six. games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not the normal way of just his contract was right. up. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, he ends up leaving. He goes to the San Jose organization. He took a deal there hoping to be part of the Sharks and was sort of squeezed out when they signed Marlowe, Marlo, right. which is a bummer for him. But anyway, so uh, Johnny, who is uh, among the top three in goals and points all time for the Ontario Reign, by the way, he's done it in far fewer games than the guys who are ahead of him, right. so more efficiently, if you will. Uh, Brodzi picks up a goal, has a couple assists while he's here. 
big smile from him when he came out of the locker room uh, to talk. Was really excited to uh, you know see him have have a great relationship sure. with him. He says he loves that building. He can't put his finger on it. But it's, isn't that funny, though, how just some players, they love certain buildings or certain cities. When he's in that building, man, he just, he produces. Yeah. They're, you know, they're creatures of habit. Yeah. And they're, a lot of them are superstitious as well. So I think it's just a, a confidence issue, right? You'd think, I'm going to this building and I, I can nail it here. So, yeah. It, look, the guy's a natural goal scorer. He's got talent. Can he do it in San Jose? We'll see. Maybe next season. Because uh, at some point in time... Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe are going to be a little too old to play. I'm not sure. Are they? Is Joe? I mean, I think Joe Thornton's trying to beat Yager's record. Is he what might. he's going for. <laughs> well, when we saw him at the um, at the NHL awards, when I got, I took a little picture with him. I said, Joe, so what's the deal? He goes, I got five more good years. Yeah, exactly. I, I really throw, think punch Peter Maratzik. I really think he's going to make a run yeah. at Yager's record. Yeah, he'll do one one con- one year contracts and you know for a couple million and and keep playing. He's still an effective player. All right, so uh, several players that uh, I get asked about on Twitter quite a bit on the Ontario Reign. One of them is Martin Furk. Yes. Of course, he's repped by the great Alan Walsh. Great Alan Walsh. Part of the Octagon group. Yes. And, uh, I'll let you know that he's the great <laughs> Alan Walsh. <laughs> well, let me tell you this also, DB. You yeah. don't even know this. Some stuff I actually don't share we with don't you. Know, I save for the show. We Good have, content. You know, 95% of stuff. I, I, almost, back to 5%. I almost took an, an amazing picture that I was going to tweet out the other night. I'm downstairs after the game waiting to talk to some of the players and and to coach Mike Stuthers. And uh, I run into Drew Solomon, of course, who is mm-hmm. Jeff Solomon's son, who works right. at Octagon. We've talked about this on one of the shows. Catching up with Drew for a couple of minutes. And who comes strolling through the door? Jeff Solomon. Jeff Solomon. And he didn't have the briefcase. Oh. So, see, I, I know what I like. What do you think? I think what that he knew on? what was. He's coming on my turf. <laughs> see, he knew. he knew. See, so when he's at Staples Center, <laughs> yeah, he feels a little bit more security. And, and he's brought in Hexy to sort of be his wingman his muscle, to protect yeah. the briefcase. The briefcase was nowhere in sight. He's yeah. not bringing the briefcase to Ontario. He's a smart guy. Come he on. knows he's going to have to go one on one with me, and I'm getting inside that briefcase. You don't get to be a capologist for nothing. No, you, you, you don't. Luck, right? But that so. would have been a, a fantastic picture that of, of father and son, son together <laughs> again. Should have held up. The brief, could have held up the brief. He didn't have it like though. He didn't have it. So, and there's also a little barricade there. They're not as formal in Ontario as they are in, in some other arenas, but right. there is a little barricade that sort of separates, uh, uh, you know, media from the players. Although oftentimes the players come around to our side of the barricade, if you will. Right. But Solomon, what, Je- uh, Jeff, that is, Drew was over on my side, but Jeff yeah. was sure to stay on mm-hmm. the other side of the barricade. He stood in his lane. Oh, he knows. He knows what's <laughs> up. He, he wanted no part of it. Uh, but back to Octagon client, uh, Martin Furk. I've had yes. a lot of questions recently. People saying, oh, you know, Furk is awesome. He continues to score and he sets up in Ovi's office, which right. is now oh. uh, Furk's office. And Pucks I had a, f- I had a, f- yeah, absolutely. I had a former NHL player tell me that he has the hardest shot that he's ever seen. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's, that's quite the compliment, right? Yeah. Yep. So people love Martin Furk. Um, he's not a veteran, like in terms of an old, he's not in his thirties, right? He's, he's 25, 26, actually, 26, I believe. Okay. Yeah. If memory serves me correctly, but mm-hmm. the point is, um, will we see Martin Furk up with the Kings is the question that I keep getting, right. you know, when the Kings are struggling to score goals, why don't they right, call up right, Martin right, Furk? Right. What I've tried to explain to people in 280 characters, maybe it doesn't come through is it all depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Will you call up Martin Furk? Yeah. If look, if you're trying to win games and I'm not saying the Kings aren't trying to win games. But if you were trying to win games to make a playoff push and mm-hmm. you're and you're not getting offense from which they're not, which they're not from three other lines. Right. right. 
then you would call up a Martin Furk to mix things up a little bit and to try to get the offense going a little bit. However, that's not the priority this year for the LA Kings. Is Making the playoffs is not the priority. The priority is clearing t- minutes, clearing time right. to get some of the kids into the lineup. You want That's why Wagner and Campaign Lazat and these other players continue to play. Right? And you want Matt Luff to you be getting minutes right. as well. That's why he was called up when Lewis went on right. IR. You want to find ways to get these guys in the lineup and we're right on the we're right on the brink DB. We're about 60 days away from the trade deadline and as some of these veteran players and it'll be tough to see some of them go, I'm right. sure for fans of the LA Kings, but when some of them start to leave and things open up, it's to get Playing time, time. for Matt Luff, for Grunstrom. Again, it's a big picture thing, John. It's not like, oh, if Furk was on the power play, we'd win more games. That's that's not what this, again, it's not what the whole season's about. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So just wanted to explain that in a little bit longer of 280 characters. Um, <laughs> so will you see him up? It's possible, but we'll see. Um, it's not the goal. Another interesting point is that uh, Sutter has been playing primarily with Kapari and just wanted to note for some of the fans, um, why Sutter hasn't been moved back to center, which is where he's where he predominantly plays, right. played. And it's really, in talking to Coach Mike Stuthers, he wants to put a veteran guy with one of the younger guys. Um, and mm-hmm. I noticed the other day when I was at the game that when Sutter was playing with Velarde, he had Sutter taking the, the draws, uh, even though that Velarde was technically the center on the line. So right. just some little little things within the game that, uh, that people might want to try to pay attention to if they get out to Ontario, sure. that Sutter's playing on a wing with Kapari. You really need to try to get Kapari going. What I'm wondering is if you could flip the two. You could. Why not? Why not put Kapari on the wing and maybe take some of that center Sit responsibility? Responsi- I love off doing of that them. with players, the younger yeah. players. It just there's a lot going on in the middle, right? And especially transitioning over to North America as well. And you mentioned about getting out to Ontario. Even Zach Dooley told me not to drive on a Friday. Okay. Well, this is the one time I'm going to say this. Don't listen to duels. Okay. Okay. You need to get out there. With me? No, he agrees with me. The Fridays are not good. He probably misunderstood your question. Okay. All right. You need to get out there. Regardless of the day of the week, pick a day, any day that ends in Y. Get it's out there. It's not going to be Friday. I got the, Fine. the, PR, the PR guru. Okay. People love using that they word. They do too. use guru. I don't know. I don't know okay. Either, no. But I love duels. Great guy. Yeah, great guy. Great guy. Helped us out here and. Uh, yeah, so, but it won't be Friday. All right. Okay. Um, a couple of other points here during this edition of the Rain Report, DB. Um, look, wins matter less in Ontario, much less than they do at the NHL level. And what I mean by that is, do the Kings want to win a Calder Cup? Absolutely. Uh, do you want the Ontario Rain to go as deep in the playoffs as they possibly can? Yes. However, people have started to tweet me recently with deep concerns over the fact that two things one that the rain have been a little bit sloppy defensively and things have gotten out of hand and that two that they really haven't won a lot of games of late they started out the year great their first eight or ten games they were phenomenal and they had an absolutely atrocious november and things have slowly started to get a little bit better here in the month of december but what what i'm trying to explain to people is that the wins in ontario are not as important as the ice time as the development of the players, just like the points aren't as important. It's much more important that a Kapari, for example, is learning right. the defensive side of things, is winning draws, than it is whether how many assists that he gets. John, do people know how the minor leagues work, actually? Because it's about <laughs> developing players I don't know. for the NHL. I don't know. Maybe right. they think it's like college football, where you know, <laughs> which is the development league for the NFL. Maybe yeah. they, they want the teams it's, to win. It's I like, who I, well, but John, the, people also pay for the tickets, DB. So if you're I, paying I get money, that part, but John, I've never looked at the AHL standings because to me, it's not it's not relevant to me. Okay, well, I have looked at them. It's relevant to me because I want the team to make the playoffs, so you can see more hockey, well, and you okay. can see and you can see your prospects in a. 
the playoff pressure cooker situation. I get that, but like in November, I'm not looking at the standings, right? I'm saying, okay, how are these players progressing? Are they building, you know, a crescendo to be able to play in this league? That's all it's, to me, that's all it's about. So when you look at an NHL coach, is Mike Stuthers teaching these players the right way? Yeah. I'm good. I don't care what the record is. <laughs> well, it's funny that you bring up Stutz because yeah. I've had a few, not not a lot, but one or two, three or four, the most. People ask me recently about his job security. And, really? And I oh. absolutely had to laugh. What a phenomenal coach. We'll talk a little bit with uh, Jared Anderson Dolan during the sure. second period. Of, uh, we'll have that on the list as well. But uh, look, just going back, Johnny Brzezinski, who was here over the weekend, I mentioned him. I'm talking to him after the game, and he says Mike Stuthers is his all-time favorite coach. Right. Now, think about that. He's in another organization right. now, right. right? And he's talking about how awesome Stutz is as a coach. Yep. And, I, DB, I have to tell you, every player that I talk to, on the record, off the record, it doesn't matter, every player has only had positive things to yeah. say about Mike Stuthers. This guy, he he's one of the few coaches that coached in the WHL and the OHL. He's a former uh, first-round draft pick. He has NHL experience behind the bench and on the this ice. Is he, the last won a Calder Cup period. in Manchester. This guy is a stud. His I've, job I've is you, fine. Yeah, I've heard you use the two words often about others. It's tough love. Yes. And the, right, your best teachers were your hardest teachers. Yes. So I, what? I, again, I, I, to me, it's context. It's like, is he teaching these players? Is he preparing them to play in the NHL? Without yes. questioning <laughs> Yes. I mean, so that's it. I'm case closed. I don't care what the record is. I, I get your part with respect to fans and buying tickets in the organization. Would like to win at every level. But especially at this point, John, like if you don't have a great teacher down there, that's the issue. That would be a major challenge for me. All right. That's going to put a wrap on the first period, uh, DB. We're going to be back with one of the stars, one of the future players in the LA Kings organization, young Jarrett Anderson Dolan after the break. So second period, welcome back. Jarrett Anderson Dolan, welcome to Kings of the Podcast, your inaugural visit here. Yeah, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Well, uh, look, we have a lot to get to today. And um, right off the hop, I have to get, talk about your goal song. So in looking over the goal songs, uh, your song there in Ontario is Hypnotize by Biggie. Uh, tell me about why you picked that song or how you picked it. And make it a good story, too. Don't make it like you didn't have one and then the PR staff yeah. just gave it to you. <laughs> no, it's not really a, a good story, but I had that one in, in junior one year in Spokane. And uh, I heard it heard it quite a few times that year. So I figured, figured uh, had a good thing going and stick with it. Okay, so I used to have a writer, uh, Andy Tong, who was back in Manchester when the team was there and with the Monarchs. He covered them for many years, and he and I used to have uh, an argument all the time. I'm a Tupac guy. He's a Biggie guy. Oh, so yeah. you don't you don't have a stake in that uh, argument there? Do you just no, happen to like that particular song? No, I just like the song. I don't know enough about that to kind of <laughs> put my, my two cents in. Well, so the, no East Coast versus West Coast? <laughs> no, I'm not going to get into that okay. here. No. <laughs> He's like, I thought this was a hockey podcast. What people are you guys, coming after me. What are you guys trying that? to do here? Yeah, exactly. exactly. 
speaking of Spokane, Lucas Perrick is up there now, uh, the goaltender. I'm just curious, when he was here for camp, did you guys happen to talk at all? He's, you know, he's coming over from Europe, and you spent time in Spokane. Did he ask you any uh, good tips, restaurants, or anything about the local place? Yeah, nothing like that. I think um, Ray, he just he just got drafted when when he came to development camp, and and I knew that, and uh, our GM our GM actually texted me just to kind of talk to him and. And let him know what it's like in Spokane. Just gave him a, a good. The GM texted you, yeah, to kind of do some recruiting because he he still had a choice if he was gonna right. gonna come to Spokane, obviously. So kind of just told him what it was about, but no rest. You put him on your cell phone and gave him the sales pitch. No, no, no. He texted me <laughs> and then I just went. Oh, went and you, to you Lucas. connected yeah. to him. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, the sales pitch worked because yeah. uh, earlier in camp, in talking with him, it sounded like he was going to be going back to the Czech Republic yeah. because he wanted to guarantee that he was going to be able to play for the World Junior Team. Yeah. Sometimes those European coaches and organizations don't like it when their players come over and play in Canadian Junior, but uh, the sales pitch must have worked because he ended up in Spokane, and he's having a great yeah. year so far, too. Yeah, apparently. I mean, obviously his decision, but... I think guys that played there just kind of having personal experience there is good to just kind of share with him, and especially for a European coming over to to North America for the first time, it's probably pretty pretty intimidating. So just kind of try to tell him it was great people in the organization, and glad he he ended up there. Yeah. Um, what about nicknames? Obviously, everybody knows uh, your nickname, which happened to be your initials, but uh, there are a couple of good nicknames. I mean, like Matt Luff is White Chocolate. There's some good <laughs> nicknames. Uh, I haven't on the, heard that one. Oh, you don't know about no, that? No. Oh, uh, it, I think it was two years ago. It might have been last year. Um, but, you know, the uh, they do basketball games there. That, yeah. Well, now the garage used to be the the vault there in Ontario, but uh, now that it's sponsored by Toyota. Anyway, they do basketball games. And so then when the team practiced out of there, I guess it would have been two years ago, they had set up a court one day and, and um, Luffer walks by and, and just starts draining buckets, oh, I no guess. <laughs> and his teammates didn't know that he had this talent and they were just freaking out. Oh my God, I can't believe it. Just one after yeah. another. So yeah, they started calling him white chocolate. Wow. You didn't even know that. Okay. No, I didn't. Um, who has the best nickname or give me, give me a really good nickname on the team right now. Oh man, I don't I don't know. There's not really. I haven't heard any. I'm not in the loop apparently with those kind of <laughs> nicknames because I didn't know about Luffer. But it's usually just kind of a spinoff of guys' last names or, or first right. names. So I don't really try to think. None none come to come to mind right off the hop though. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Uh, break the news on this one because I don't okay. think it's out there yet. I was saving this for when uh, Velardi comes on the podcast. But do you know do you know Gabe's nickname? No, what is it? I think it's Lardo. Lardo, so, yeah. yeah. Oh, you have heard that yeah, one? Yeah, I've heard that one. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. It's not as good as white chocolate, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 there's a little bit of a drop-off there for sure. <laughs> I'm already getting chirped. There was a little bit of a drop-off was, from my first story. No, I just mean the nickname. It's been four minutes. You haven't less asked him about his Lakers hat yet. Uh, well, we're going to get to that. <laughs> it was not originally on my list, but we'll as get to it. As soon as walked in, I said, Fine, let's just get to it, right? Uh, well, at least it's L.A. Look, uh, yeah. Mayor's Manor, of course, has covered the King's prospects for uh, the past decade, and you, know, you and I have talked a number of times, but... Uh, you need to rep the LA hat when yeah. you're here. So Drew and I, Drew Dowdy and I had a long running feud when he uh, was here. Well, prior to the cup years is a while ago um, because he'd love to wear the Toronto maple yeah. or the Toronto uh, blue Jays hats. And um, so I burned him good one day. I yeah. asked, I said, okay, you're such a diehard blue Jays fan. We're going to go on the record. You want to do uh, Blue Jays trivia. So I asked him like 10 Blue Jays trivia questions. He bombed horribly. It was fantastic. <laughs> the video's out there. You should check it out. Um, so I'm not going to put you on the spot because you're wearing an L.A. hat. So I would prefer that it was a Dodger hat. Yeah. Kopey got on board, was wearing the Dodger hat. Yeah. Toffoli would wear the Dodger. I even got Mike Richards to wear the Dodger hat. I'm going to let the Laker hat slide, but is there a story behind the Laker hat? Well, you got me on a bad day because majority of the time it is a Dodgers hat. Actually. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. so 
Funny, I actually got this last night. I was at the Lakers game, so this is literally my first day wearing it. Of course, of course, the one day I wear it, I'm getting getting chirped. Yeah, of course. Well, there you go. Well, so you had to get the hat because you left your Dodger hat at home, and you said, "Oh, I'm at the Laker game. I need." Well, a Laker. I was wearing a Dodgers hat at the Lakers, and you game, replaced it. it caught, this one caught my eye, so ah, I, had to, yeah, ah. I didn't have a Lakers hat, so I had to had to represent. John, are a you bit. legit Laker fan? No, I'm like I'm not a big like NBA guy. I just, okay. like I like watching it, but yeah. I mean now that I'm. Now that I'm in LA, of course, might as well. it's fun to enjoy yeah. what's opp- the opportunity. No, especially if you know if LeBron and and Davis there, it's pretty pretty cool to watch. What's your now. favorite sport other than hockey? Um, big baseball guy. Yeah, I I love watching the Dodgers. I was Dodgers. here in the summer, so I went to to quite a few Dodgers games. But there wasn't. I mean, I watched the Blue Jays growing up a little bit, but I wasn't too big into it until you know a couple of years ago. NFL fan at all? Uh, yeah, I've been. I I started getting into it more this year, and uh, being in Spokane, I watched it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, now, just following the Rams, and I don't really don't really have a team. Like I wouldn't say I'm a huge Rams fan or right. anything, but I definitely followed a little bit more just because the guys on the team do fantasy and everything. Sure. But I'm not in on that yet. But maybe get you don't do little... fantasy football. No, yet? No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't get the invite <laughs> this year. So yeah. no, you didn't get the invite, no. so you would have done it. They no, just didn't invite you. Yeah, I'll probably I'll probably uh, <laughs> jump in on it next year. Yeah. Who who runs the fantasy football league? Uh, I think it's I think it's Luffer. Is it? Yeah, I think okay. yeah, he runs a surprise. I don't think yeah. he has time though. I mean, he's too busy modeling underwear and like yeah, doing no, all of no his. Kidding, How does he have hey? time to run a fantasy Shoot, football league? <laughs> exactly. Uh, what's that? Let's let's talk Lakers then for just a second. What's that like? I mean, it's not just like going to an NBA game. Yeah, you're going to the Lakers, which is a really big deal. When you talk to your friends back home. I mean, you're just like living the life. You're down here in SoCal. You're a member yeah. of the Kings organization. You're hanging out at Laker games. And I'm sure that your your friends and family back home think that you party with celebrities all the time because that's what everybody <laughs> thinks whenever they're not from L.A. It's right. like, yeah, who would you exactly. see at Starbucks? Like, nobody. I don't, you know. But anyway, yeah. what's it like when, you're, when your friends and family find out you're going to Laker games? Well, it's it's funny because most of the time it's about the weather, right? So I'm from Calgary and it's, you know, it's my, minus 38 <laughs> Celsius there. So I'm usually getting pictures from, from my parents. There's snow on the ground. I send them a picture of the beach and the ocean (laughs) so they give me give me some some crap for that but uh, yeah going to being able to go to lakers games and rams games dodgers games it's it's pretty cool and something i didn't growing up in calgary i didn't get to do obviously there's not there's cfl but i mean i didn't go to a lot of stampeders games so now that you know be able to watch the lakers and like i said it's not just an nba game or like you guys said it's it's the lakers yeah it's an event and especially you know obviously lebron here now it's it's even more than that and be able to watch a guy like that's pretty special how about the Calgary Hitmen? Did you ever hand up one of those games? Oh, yeah. Tons of them. Yeah. And you ran into Bret Hart all the time, I'm sure, too, right? You know uh, who that is? I, I feel like I know the name. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's who, the, it's who the team was named after. Oh, former okay. pro wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Bret Hitman. Oh, yeah. Bret the Hitman Hart. Yeah. 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 Calgary yeah, Dungeon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, that's fine. Um, so you don't know about not the everybody's into wrestling like you are. John. No, 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 that's well. I, I, I doesn't have to be into wrestling. I just thought maybe you know with the Calgary Hitmen that uh, the name might have it might have come up once or twice uh, growing up. But that's fine. All right. Next question. Yes. Uh, the call up last year. I want to get to the Kopi House. Don't worry, we'll get to it. But the call up last year. No, oh, no, you mentioned the Dodger games. Um, Kaliev went to a couple Dodger games. Did, yeah. did you guys go together at all? No, I didn't go. Didn't go with Hardy. He's uh, no, I, I didn't go with him. We. He, he was just down here. I think he was down here for like three weeks in the summer, but we never ended up end up going. But I, I know a lot. He went to a ton of games because he always puts it on his on his social media. Yeah, I always always give him crap for it. Yeah, well, I was chirping him too because he's a Mets fan. But I told him if he's going to be here for the summer, he needs to get a Dodger yeah. hat. So yeah. he was quick to get it. Just so you know, he was quick to get a Dodger oh, that's hat. Good. And, that's and reti- good. Yeah, you know. So you know, um, we're big on hashtags too, and oh, yeah. so we have a couple of good ones. We have the Artie Party, which is a good oh, one. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, we have some Kings fans who like to present trades to us. 
that are a little bit ridiculous. And so um, I have to explain that this is not Xbox, but with him, it is Xbox because this guy's scoring like a goal and a half per game. It seems like, Oh, I know he's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. It seems like every, every other day you're seeing something on Twitter or Instagram, that guy's scoring a a highlight reel goal. And if he's not doing that, he's putting up points. That one goal he scored the lacrosse style behind the net. Like that's, that's just (laughs) such an arty play. Like just out of nowhere pulls that off. Have you uh, ever tried that? Uh, I, I have tried it. I've yeah. never been successful, but I've, I I got about halfway, and then I'm like, oh, this is a bad idea, and I, I bailed bailed pretty hard. And looked, didn't even finish. Didn't, didn't look great. No, <laughs> cut his yeah. losses for sure. I don't have the, I don't have those hands like Hardy. <laughs> uh, just so you know, um, we had a hashtag for you. I'm sure you're well aware of the Jod mania that was. Uh, going uh, when, when you first arrived yeah. in the summer and at dev camp. So uh, for a while I was using uh, DDJAD, which was the daily dose uh, of John. Oh, yeah. Random pictures of you. I did see that. Yeah, okay. I didn't know what it meant though. I didn't know it was daily <laughs> dose. I was like, what daily, is this? It's, yeah, so it's the, the daily. Uh, we have to come up with some, some good one. That was a good hashtag for you. Yeah. The daily dose of John. So when you, <laughs> when you get to call back to the NHL, we'll, we'll try to break He's that hashtag. A lot oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. A lot in 10, 10 we should take, we should take no, a picture in the loop on all this stuff here. We'll take a picture of you in the Laker hat will tweet it out that uh, it's the Daily Dose picture today. Um, talk about the call-up last year. I, I'm just guessing and I'm assuming, and I know we talked a little bit about it uh, in an interview over the summer, but for people listening on the podcast, I'm assuming that playing with the Kings last year is is exciting, and yet it's a little, frustrating is maybe the wrong word, pick the right word, that when you leave, it's like, man, you, you were living the dream, you know? That, yeah. That's all you ever wanted was to play in the NHL, and it was right there. You know that you're going to do it eventually, but when you go back, does it just feel like a little bit of the dream slipped out of your hands? So what, what, what was the thought? What did it feel uh, like? Yes and no. Just, okay. I mean, the competitor in me and, and any other player that, that kind of gets to that level, you're, you're disappointed to, to get sent down. And um, like you said, it's a dream for every kid to play in the NHL. So to get a taste of it and to then, you know, go back to junior, it is, yeah, for sure. It's, it's a little bit frustrating and it, it sucked. But in saying that, it's also you know, to be able to experience that so early in my career, that's, that's a dream come true for me. And I just tried to take the, the, the learning experience and the positives out of it all. So, you know, absolutely, absolutely. It's frustrating, uh, in the moment, but if you look at it, big picture, I think, um, you know, just going back to Spokane, being a leader last year, uh, ended up going on a, on a good run and, you know, kind of having success in the playoffs, which I hadn't had before in junior, uh, just, you know, tried to learn as much as I can and, and kind of help the, the next wave of, of guys in the Chiefs kind of, you know, bring the bring the organization back to, to where it was um, when they were in Memorial Cups. Yeah. Um, we're at that time of the year for uh, the World Junior, and I'm always trying yeah. to hype up the tournament to uh, to DB. And, um, I mean, you had an opportunity to play at the World Junior, so maybe just yeah. uh, explain to Dennis what just what is – I know, obviously, besides putting on the Team Canada jersey, which is a big deal, you know, for can- Canadian kids growing up, but what is it about that tournament – that to a player is just so fantastic and so special. Yeah, it's it's a whole nother level, especially when in in Canada when Canada hosts it, it's it's unbelievable. That's that's like I mean, it's almost bigger. It's just as big as the Olympics. It, like you know, for Canadians, it, they get behind that team like like crazy. And I mean, I don't I don't know how much it is in Sweden and all the other places, but I know for a fact in Canada, it's 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 unbelievable. So you know, obviously, it was in Vancouver last year, so just the, you know, the atmospheres we got to play in, uh, you know, I don't think we'll, we'll experience that again in our lives. And uh, I, I grew up watching it every, every boxing day, the first game. And then when it was in Calgary, I went to a bunch of games. So I've experienced it to, but to be, be a part of it. And, uh, you know, obviously putting on the, the Maple Leaf crest is always an honor, but I think just playing in a tournament itself in that kind of atmosphere is just something you dream of and something you'll, you'll never forget. Yeah. The, uh, 
with the tournament the way that it's scheduled this year, Canada and the U.S., instead of yeah. that game that normally happens on New Year's Eve, is happening this year on Boxing Day oh, right yeah. out of the gate, yeah. Canada, U.S. I, my brain is going to explode on day one of the World Juniors. I don't even know what to do. Yeah, I know. It's whenever Canada does bad, like lost in the quarters, it always sets up for, <laughs> for an, an interesting interesting groups the, the following year. Because last year when they, I think it was in Finland, they lost to Finland. Then they Canada, Canada up, lost. Yeah, and then they ended up playing you know i i forget who it was but you know the, the groups all get mixed up when when one of the top teams kind of gets Jet, eliminated you're, early you're part of the future here right so john talked about being recalled and then going back down how difficult is it to have patience to say that look at some point you are going to be part of the the big club the varsity but in the moment right now is it difficult to have patience yeah a little bit i think you know all, all of us want to have impacts right away and we know mm-hmm. we know it's kind of where the Kings are, it's, it's getting close to kind of flipping the roster over right. and, uh, and you know, the young guys are going to have, have roles coming up soon. But, you know, right now it's just, you know, it's, yeah, it's frustrating, but just kind of control what we can control. I, I mean, I wouldn't even say frustrating. We're in, we're in great spots. All the young guys playing in the AHL, we're playing, right. all the young guys are playing tons of minutes. So, I mean, it's, right. there's nothing to complain about, but, you know, competitors and all of us want to be in the NHL and make an impact. And right a away. follow up, it would be better for you to play 19 minutes in Ontario than play eight minutes here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right you now. you want to, yeah, you obviously if you if we had a choice, we'd prefer to be in the NHL. But sure. I mean, like I said, we're all we're all getting great minutes. We're playing in right. situations that you know, long term, I think will have a, a, a good impact on our development. Two final ones. We're going to let you run here real quickly, but uh, I want to ask you about Stuthers because I, I try to tweet about this. I try to explain it to people all the time. Players absolutely love playing for this guy. Johnny Brzezinski was just in town over the weekend yeah. saying he's his all-time favorite coach. I've heard that from so many guys. What can you tell people about what makes and, and do you feel the same way and, and, and what about him just makes him so special? Because he has a real tough love yeah. approach. He's not a coddler. No, no. I, I, I love playing for Stutz. He, he gets the most out of everybody. Uh, for a young group like like we have, it's good to have a guy like that in practice. It's, it's holding us accountable, and you know you definitely have to show up every day. And yeah, it's it's tough love, but you can tell he you know he cares and wants the best for you. And I think you know when someone's hard on you, but you can tell that it's genuine. That he wants the the best for you. Then it's a lot easier to take it, and it's it's a good mix. Like yeah, he'll be hard on you, but there's days where he's he's kind of he's bumping guys' confidence up as well and, and pumping guys' tires in practice, which, like I said, a young group like that, you kind of need a mix, you know, a guy that's going to hold you accountable but also support you, and you can tell he'll he'll have any guy in that dressing room's back uh, in any situation, which is pretty special. Has he made sure to let you know he was a former first-round draft pick as well? No. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> really? Yeah, for the Flyers. Uh, so the last question then would just be about living in Kopitar's house. We joked about it uh, earlier in the year um, about, about on, on one of the podcast episodes, and I think we had Kopi on the first show and, and talked about it. Just you're living in the guest house. What do you have to do to earn the right to live in the main house? No, I don't know. I just starts keeping the guest house clean, I guess. But <laughs> oh, I is it a mess right now? If we no, went over no, there, no. I'm not <laughs> over there now. I got my own spot now. No, do you? Yeah, oh, yeah, breaking yeah. news out. here. I moved out. Yeah, I yeah, did yeah. not know that. Yeah, once uh, once they got their family got back from uh, okay. Slovenia over the summer, I you know I got my own place. I think it's good to you know I think. Just being a first-year guy, it's good to kind of experience that. And, uh, you know, the Kopitars have been so so nice and so generous to me. Uh, they've done more than enough than 
than what they they needed to do. So just kind of get out of their hair and let them do their own thing. Chad, it's been outstanding. Really appreciate Thank your time you appreciate here today. It. We'll have to get you back on and yeah, uh, talk some more hockey as the season develops. Absolutely, I love that. Thanks, guys. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks, Chad. I put closer in why on to DKNY uh-huh. Miami DC prefer Versace. That's right. All Philly know uh-huh. it's mosquito. Every cutie with the booty for the coochie. Now who's the real dookie? Welcome back to the third period of Kings of the Podcast with DB and the Mayor. Final segment of the show, DB, but uh, first, before we get to some other items, how about that Jared Anderson Dolan? We're good at uh, bringing people out of their shells. It was a really good interview with Jad, and uh, hey, he's part of the future here, so uh, and a really good kid, so represents well. You mentioned many times he's going to be wearing a letter here when he gets to uh, Los Angeles on a full-time basis, so just uh, a nice, fun, informative interview with uh, Jad. Yeah, just like people like to ask all the time which players in the future will get their numbers retired, one right. of the questions that I get a lot is uh, centered around who's going to wear letters right. you know, of these young Kings prospects. And uh, anybody who reads Mayor's Manor, reads our prospect rankings, by the way, a little shameless plug here, the next edition of the prospect rankings will be coming out starting Beautiful. in January. Great. We have detailed scouting reports on all the Kings' top prospects. And I can honestly tell you, DB, that nobody talks to more people about the prospects, coaches, GMs, no, other no players. One. Those details... Detailed scouting reports will be coming out on all the Kings' top prospects. Always look forward to it, John. And, I re- and the great thing about your thing, I refer back to it, like around the draft, sure, right around the trade period, like, and so who's in play and what can they offer or other organizations. So it's a it's a real true bible, and you do a great job with it. Well, thank you, I appreciate that. Uh, the longtime readers of that know that there are four players that I've sort of targeted as the the future core from a letter perspective. So uh, Jod is going to definitely wear a letter in Los Angeles. Will he ultimately get the C? I'm not sure. He has been a captain before. Right. Um, he has the, the potential. Uh, however, Turcott has a good shot at getting uh, the captaincy. Um, you also have Mikey Anderson, and then you have Bjornfoot. Yeah. Who uh, Mikey Anderson, of course, uh, has has been a captain for Team USA at the World Juniors. Can't bring that up enough. Um, so all all four of those guys um, ha- have tremendous leadership qualities, mm-hmm. and are just great from a culture standpoint, from yeah. a leadership standpoint, and and those are some nice building blocks. And, and they can play, John. And that's and, and one other thing though, DB too. We don't know who the Kings are going to draft in the twenty twenty draft Correct. in the first round. And so if you add that player in on top of those four right there, right. that's a really good group of players that you're going to be able to select from, uh, you know, at some point down the road. I'm not pushing the C off of Kopi right now, but I'm just saying at some point down the road, when the roster turns over, there's going to be another yeah, captain. you got to pass the baton. Absolutely. Yeah, Kopi won't be the captain forever, right? No. No, not forever. <laughs> not forever. Okay, not forever. good. Just checking. Uh, <laughs> the NHL All-Star Game voting is underway, DB. Yeah, and um, from what captains. I understand, you might have... Yes, okay, for the captains. Um, you you might have a few thoughts about the All-Star Game voting? Yeah, no John Scott again, please. <laughs> no. It was funny. Who cares? It's a great story. I was in Nashville for that. I, I just... I just hated the whole thing, to be honest with you. I thought it was, like, stupid, to be honest with you. I have John Scott as the MVP. Um... But the fans loved it, and it's about the fans, so the fans want to vote and stuff the ballot boxes for Kovalchuk this time. Why not do it for Kovalchuk? 
You're, you do it for Kovalchuk. Yeah, why not? Um, no, I don't want to see. I don't even know if Kobe's going to be in North America at the time of the All-Star game. That's going to further complicate an already... Last weekend in January. Yeah, it's already a messy situation. It's a very messy situation. So, But look, I like the All-Star game. And the question is, I'll put it to you, John. Right? Who should be the represent? Uh, clearly, Kopitar is the best player on this team this season. Um, but the person best suited for the All-Star game is Drew Doughty. Mm-hmm. So if it was up to you, who should be the Kings representative in St. Louis? Jeff Carter. Jeff Carter. Jeff Carter. I'd like to see Jeff okay. Carter go and 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 have to uh, talk to all the media. <laughs> and, you know, I think, look, I, I want to be, be clear. About, I want to be clear about this. I think Jeff Carter is one of their better players this year. I think he's actually played pretty well. Now, people can be upset with his lack of goal production, but yeah. there have been nights when I have really seen Carter engage, and it's a completely different Jeff Carter than what I saw last year. It's a completely different player. Yeah. He's not the explosive scary he once was, and maybe because of the injury a couple of seasons ago. And, John, I don't know what happened to that wrist shot. A wrist shot that was, like, everyone was scared of is in there, but he's getting to the net. He's getting in front of the net. He's getting to the dirty areas and scoring goals, right? So I can't blame him for that. And he's been, you know, he's been a solid citizen for... I guess in Jeff Carter terms, he's been a solid citizen. He's been in a good mood. He's yeah, been happy. Yeah. We noted that a couple episodes ago. Exactly. He was so, had his thousandth game. That was a great. That, that was an interesting selection for Jeff Carter for the All Star game. Though. Why not? Let's do it. Okay. Well, I threw another one at you a couple weeks ago. I asked you if uh, Sean Walker was going to the All Star game. You didn't like that idea. So yeah. I mean, just you know, trying to create conversation think, because Kopitar and Dowdy, it's too easy of a conversation. Yeah. So and I think Kopi, Kopi wants to be in the Caribbean, probably. So if I say Drew, go do your thing. Go step on the. Go sit up on the podium and. Give everybody 25 quotes to the next day. Unless you're from the Calgary media, and then uh, he's not going to be too interested in talking <laughs> no, to you. No, he probably won't be. It's, he's become like the anti-Daryl Sutter. If you remember, Daryl only wanted to talk to the Canadian That's media, correct. didn't like the American That's media, right. and would snub us whenever <laughs> right. all the you know big Canadian reporters were in town. Right. And Drew's going the opposite way. He's ready That's to good. snub <laughs> all Canadian reporters and loves talking to the LA media. So exactly. thank you, Drew, for thank being you, Drew. the anti-Daryl Sutter. Exactly. Um, back to Kovalchuk for just a second, though. I do have yeah. a little tidbit for you here, DB. Um, you know, everybody's trying to detangle this Kovalchuk situation and what's going to happen. And right. everybody has the date circled on their calendar for December 15th, which is coming up here right. pretty quickly. For the bonus. bonus he payment. gets his bonus payment. And then all that's left is a salary of 700000 for this season. And then he does have one more year of his contract. Right. However, some of the sort of constraints loosen slightly. What's going to happen, though? Is he going to be traded? Is he going to retire and walk away from that money? I just posed the question to uh, uh, Igor Aranko, who is uh, really plugged in on the KHL. Really good Russian reporter. And yeah. you met him actually recently. Uh, at, at the at, Global Series in Stockholm. Good guy. Yeah. Really good guy. And plugged in and knowledgeable. So whatever he's going to tell you is is legit. Yeah. So yeah. he helped also coordinate uh, an interview with Brokorkin when, right. when he was first here and wasn't really doing uh, media with North America. But uh, Igor was able to get a, an interview for Mayor's Manor. So I, I asked him, I said, hey, if Kovalchuk was to somehow how the contract came to an end in Los Angeles and he returned to the KHL. Mm-hmm. What type of contract would he be looking at? Because in my mind, I'm thinking, why is this guy going to walk away from roughly $5 million right. and retire on December 16th, right? Um, and he said, in his estimation and talking to some people, he thinks that Covey would get a two-year deal over there okay. worth about $3.5 million. He gave it to me in rubles and then he, and he yeah. recalculated it. But about $3.5 million roughly um, per, on a two-year deal. So Per, per season. Per season, okay. times two. So you're looking at $7 million. Okay. Um, that he would be able to get over there. And I'm sure the tax situation is a little bit different. So there could be an advantage to walking and, away and from so five. are the under the, paper, under the table payments. Yeah, well, I don't know anything about that. I'm not in the KHL, but <laughs> <laughs> I just think things work yeah. differently from what I understand. They, is that a play way of saying it? Very much so, yes. Okay. 
All right. It's like when Hammer came on a couple of weeks ago and he described that uh, him and Carlin had a discussion, which was discussion. a polite way of saying an argument <laughs> right. about rules of hockey. Exactly. Uh, so that's the deal with Kovalchuk. Um, moving right along. Oh, but, but wait, so oh, okay. you, when's he going to be traded, John? I, Do you think he's going to be traded? I honestly don't know. Like, I've been asked this question so many times, DB. I can't figure it out. My On, on 12-15, he gets the bonus payment. On 12-16, right. I think he's a more tradable asset. Agreed. Right, because of the money involved. But is somebody going to want him? So then someone says, well, maybe the Kings need to play him and showcase him. I don't think you need to showcase him. The Kings signed him to a three-year contract, and he hadn't played one single NHL game to be showcased in. Like, he has a body of work. You know what you're getting with Kovalchuk. And so does another team that needs offense, do they want to make a deal for anything? I mean, for like a conditional draft pick? Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, then they're on the hook for next year? I don't know. But the retirement thing to me just doesn't seem possible. He, why would he retire and walk away from the money? Maybe because he has a $7 million offer sitting over there in Well, in maybe. KHL. What if you retain 50% of the contract for next season? Well, that's what, I've, that's what I said a couple episodes yeah. ago, is that to me it's about a million-dollar decision. Yeah, that's right, I remember. Yep, you're, yep. You're, you can trade him, put a little sweetener in there, and you can trade him yep. and save a million dollars versus just buying him out. But does Kovalchuk want to sit on the sidelines and wait to be bought out? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like... It's a tough situation. I guess maybe we'd have to talk Jeff Solomon or another capologist. Right. Maybe he can waive his no move clause to allow himself to go on unconditional waivers mm -hmm. for the purpose of a buyout. Right, and right. you could do that now. I mean, I don't know. And I'll also say, you know, the optics when you see he's been a solid citizen. Yes. He shows up to the games. He sits in the press box. He's he was on the road. He he sat in, you know, in press row for the Anaheim game in Anaheim. So he's he's been doing everything they've asked of yes. him. So I think with respect to character, I don't think anybody that would trade for him could question his character because going through a very tough situation, the way what he's accomplished to, to be on the sidelines and to show up and not say not stay home or whatever like it was last season, I think it shows something about the quality of the person. Every player that we've talked to, DB, has they had nothing him. but positive yep. things to say about him. Yep. They just said, hey, great guy, great player. It just doesn't work Not in this fit. current L.A. system. Okay. So, yeah, um, we'll have to see what I – DB, honestly, I don't have – normally I even lean, like I'd say, like, ah, 70%, this is sort of what I'm thinking. It's literally a coin flip. If yep. you, you, could, you could name 10 scenarios that were going to happen right now, and I'd say, oh, I guess that's possible. Yeah. I, I'd just like to see them clear the roster space for a youngster. It's going to happen. Yeah. It absolutely is going to happen, yep. and it needs to happen. And, and maybe that's step one of the dominoes as we lead to the trade deadline. Right. Um, let's sort of hit on something that's similar to that, DB. With the trade deadline approaching, I mean, it's coming up here in about 60 days or so. Um, let's look back to a year ago. So Jake Muzzin sure. is traded. It, it was one of those trades that was really hard on the organization. Management hated uh, letting him go. The players did not like seeing him no, go. No, they, Everybody understood why it had to happen. Um, and they were happy right. for Jake that he ended up sort of going home and going to the Leafs. It right, wasn't the, like... Right, the cerebral part makes sense. The yeah. emotional part, yes. it's like that was the deconstruction of the championship team yeah that's some to a further extent actually it was the first big piece the first homegrown piece yep. right that that really was going to hurt and we're getting to that point now where a couple of these other players are going to be leaving soon sure and maybe it won't have the same emotional sting because we've been told now for a year that it was going yeah. to happen right you're right John. um at the same time though these 
this current group of players, they're not going to get the same return. Muzzin was the big piece. Yes. And I was pretty vocal at the time that I loved the trade. Like, I think that they did a phenomenal job of getting three assets back. Yeah. The first round pick, Grunstrom looks, looked legit. I had good scouting reports on him from people. And, and Dursey looked legit. And the mm-hmm. Kings had even considered drafting him right. the year that, he, that Toronto took him. So the Kings had interest. It was finally their opportunity to get him when they missed out on him at the draft. Um, so now with the... The, the benefit of hindsight, I think the, I think the the trade still looks good. What, what do you think? Two prospects in the first round pick. Yeah, you sign for it every time. Yeah, you, you do. I mean, Jake and you know, Jake's probably the best defenseman in, in Toronto right now. You traded a, a really and look, Jake. People loved and hated Jake. Some people thought he was a disaster, and some nights he wasn't the greatest defenseman. But I, I think when you look back on it, where this team was, what they could do, and and. And knowing that there was some term left on the contract, I, I think it's still a win for the team. Now, I'd like to see more from Grunstrom, and he's bouncing back and forth here. Uh, but I, I think every time to trade a defenseman for two first uh, for two prospects in the first round pick, that's a win every time. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, so this time around, I mean, I just don't think that they have the assets to be able to draw that kind of return. They're going to get conditional picks probably. I mean, the, well, the best trade, well, the best person you would trade here, the best return would be, uh, Martinez. Probably. Yeah, I think you could probably two, get a two, second and a third. third right, maybe like you could jam somebody up for, uh, not jam them up, I don't mean that, <laughs> way, but maybe you could get a two, two seconds, um, but maybe, most yeah. likely, I mean, if, if, if you ask me, I think the return on Martinez is a second and a third. Yeah, but the he forwards signed. are going to be like just one conditional pick, right, John? You could maybe, I mean, t- t- for Toffoli, I mean, God, he just drives his trade value down every day, it feels like. Millions of dollars yep. f- flying out the window. I don't know. Um, maybe you get a third. third. Yeah. yeah, maybe you get a third for Toffoli. I, I can't see you getting more than that. Um, Jonathan Quick, you're going to be able to, you know, probably get two assets, but they're not going to be. You're not no. getting a first round pick for anybody on the roster, nope. basically. Agreed. That, that's in agreed. that's in play, right? right? I mean, there are first round pick uh, quality players on the team, um, but I think what's most interesting also is. What are they going to do from a prospect standpoint? I'm not saying they're looking to trade any prospects, but what they have is they have, and I think I mentioned this a couple episodes ago, DB, they have a lot of guys in in a young band, Mm -hmm. right? And then they have their veteran players, and they're missing that sort of middle. Back to Martin Furk, actually. Not that he's the player, but they need a couple 26- and 27-year-old guys. And so Mm -hmm. if you could potentially move one of your lower prospects out and get maybe somebody who needs a change of scenery that was a little bit of a who's higher NHL ready yeah right. who's closer to nhl ready like right. a, like a grunstrom but maybe right. a couple years older even right. maybe um who's maybe had 100 games in the nhl mm-hmm. and just hasn't really found uh, a yep. true home yet i think i think that would be interesting good point on the roster or, or the, the the depth chart yeah there's a little gap there of there's a gap those thank little, you more mature players that uh, could step in today and maybe help and you're right about the uh, change of scenery Sometimes, DB, you're really good at, at, at taking my, my rambles and just yeah. giving it into a concise Twitter bite-sized 180. My directness is my blessing and my curve. 180-character uh, Some people don't there. appreciate the directness. There is a gap in the roster. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, DB, two final things here to wrap up this week's episode. And, of course, it was awesome having Jared Anderson yeah, Dolan right. on. But uh, these are substantial topics here. We have the uh, World Junior Championships coming up, and we've talked a lot about that in previous uh, um, you know episodes. But it's, it's really heating up now because camps are opening up yep. these are evaluation camps so for let's just indulge me for a few minutes Please, let me go ahead. let me sort of explain the to John people Hoven that have, <laughs> world championship let's go for people that have never paid enough attention to the world juniors and sort of how things work so right now in the month of december you have the evaluation camps so roughly say that a team has 23 to 25 players that they're going to take to the world juniors you invite say 35 players into a right. camp 
you get a final look at some guys. There are some cuts. It's really terrible when they're cut from Team Canada because they put microphones in their face right yeah, away. And tough. these are eighteen-year-old kids in some cases, and you know they're emotional they're and walking with, out of the coach's yeah, office. It's, it's terrible. But uh, so you have the camps. They play a couple of exhibition games, basically. Um, leading into the end of camp. And by the couple days right before Christmas, you sort of know who's going to be on the team right. because some cuts have happened. And, and then the team, I mean all the teams, whether it's U.S., Canada, Switzerland, uh, Sweden, Finland, and so on, uh, and the Russian teams. And then on twelve twenty six, which is Boxing Day in Canada, the day after Christmas here in the States, the tournament opens up. And the tournament's going to open up on fire this year, DB. You have yep. Sweden and Finland, yep. which are, you know, if you talk about Canada and U.S. Yes. That's the other that's, arch that's rival. On the other continent, that, that's right. the big one right there, Sweden and Finland. And you get that on day one this year. Yeah. So you're going to get kings on kings crime, too, because on Sweden, you're probably going to have Bjornfoot and Kapari. Right. Uh, I'm sorry, Kapari's on uh, Finland. You're going to have uh, Bjornfoot and uh, Fajimo. Excuse me. Right. Let me get my countries straight here, DB. Get the Scandinavians. Right? Yeah, that's so you're going to have, have Bjornfoot and, and um, Sammy Fajimo on Team Sweden. And then over on Finland, you would have Kapari. Uh, on, on that team, and then yeah. you would have Kim the Finn, your the your Finn. favorite, the yeah, defenseman <laughs> who was drafted this year. And people have asked, and Kapari is scheduled to go. The Kings will be releasing him. Right. That's the plan. So you're going to have four Kings players in that tournament or in that first game there, DB. And John, if you're a late adapter, not like John Hoven, like this is the year if you're ever going to pay attention oh. to the World Juniors, John, as a Kings fan. This is the year you want to pay attention. You to could it. potentially have nine That's Kings amazing. prospects. You're you're yeah. almost guaranteed seven, yeah. right? Of I mean, and seven would still beat the all-time Kings yeah. record of five. So yeah, if you're ever going to pay attention to the World Juniors, it's really, really, really a bummer that the tournament is over in Europe this yeah. year because of the time, time zone thing and the, the the yeah. games aren't going to be on at the times that are convenient for people. But right. man, all the Canada games, all the U.S. games are on the NHL Network, Network Radio yeah. and they're on NHL Network Network TV. TV yeah. Okay, so you're also going to get on twelve twenty six Canada versus the U.S. That is a barn burner of a game. I don't need to even set that thing up. Everybody knows how big that game is. Um, that that is a gold medal game that's going to happen right yeah. there in the first in the first day uh, for Canada. You're going to have uh, uh, Akil Thomas from uh, Niagara. He's going to be there. You potentially are going to have Aiden Dudas, depending how his jammed up finger is going to work. Right. And over on the U.S. side, you're going to have uh, Turcotte and Kaliev. Yep. And you're going to have Private Turcotte playing with. Uh Cole Caulfield on his line. Uh, it could be, yeah. or Turcotte actually could. He, he saw some time with Kaliev actually yeah. at the World uh, Junior Summer Showcase. So, uh, boy, what an exciting time that's going to be uh, for the Kings fans there. And the great thing about the tournament, I was listening to uh, Sirius X and they had Shane Malloy on um, before, uh -huh. NHL Network Radio. It, it's the guys, the, the draft eligible players, like, even though at the top Lafreniere is probably going to make it from Canada, not going to be a lot of those kids. So it's going to be the kids who are already drafted. Yes. Right, who are playing. They're already prospects. They're, They're already, already prospects. owned by, their rights are owned this by right. NHL this teams. This is not unknown. And, and not only that, if you don't believe John, and John's done a great job laying this up for weeks, like go back three or four years and watch a replay of one of those games and sure. look at the names on, on the back of the jerseys. Mm -hmm. like, you'll see why you need to tune into these games because these are this is the NHL of the future. Drew Doughty played in the World Junior Championships. Yep. Yeah, the guy that we had on today, Jared Anderson Dolan, played for Team Canada. Mikey Anderson. I mean, the list goes on and on and Pay on. Pay attention, fans. This this is the tournament. You're tired of watching one goal losses where the power <laughs> play has never worked? Then turn on the, the, the boxing day is when you, you'll start getting a, a revelation of what's, uh, what's to come.
So that all goes down on the 26th. And then DB, they come back on the 27th. And Team USA is going to face Germany. So Marco Stern will definitely be interested yeah. in that game. <laughs> and believe me, fans, don't think that, uh, don't look at that schedule and say, oh, that's a, that's that's a gimme. That's a pushover. Yeah, no. it doesn't work that way because the teams that are near the bottom, they end up getting regulated. Right. And so they get dropped out. So Kazakhstan has basically stayed in this group right. by uh, earning enough points to oh, basically stay. Right. Exactly. Um, so it's, and they've been exciting. They, they actually yeah. have, have held teams on us. So the U.S gets to play Germany um, and then you come back on the uh, the 28th also and you have Canada playing Russia and if you know anything about the history of hockey these two countries every game that they ever play DB is a big game yeah they do not like each other they do not <laughs> and that is the tournament for them uh, Canada versus Russia and Russia's got a great goaltender this year so he could be the difference and Spencer Knight for the US is going to be you know, he could he could be the difference between the uh, Canadians and the US winning the uh, gold cup uh, and gold medal and you want to watch that game because if you're an American fan, then you want to scout the Russian team because on the 29th, the uh, Russian team takes on Team USA. So that's the death yeah. pool. All, I mean, yeah, it really is difficult. a crazy, crazy thing. So basically what happens leading into New Year's Eve, uh, which is the final the final set of games uh, for, for, for pool play, right. okay, is New Year's Qualification. Qualifications, okay? Right. And then after New Year's Eve, then they do sort of a reset, and the teams that are in the top of the A pool and the teams that are in the top of the B pool, they cross over. Right. So the, the top team in Pool A plays the lowest team in Pool B that right. qualified because not all teams go through. Right. Um, actually, no, they do now. So they just do the crossovers. Right. But uh, so then that's just great because then you get to see teams that haven't played each other. Yet. Exactly. Right. So you see the sort of the round robin yep. the first week. Yep. And then the second week, which is actually right after New Year's. Right. So it's the first week of January. Mm -hmm. That's the knockout round. That's yeah. a one and done, one, basically. Yep, exactly. So, I mean, outside of you get to continue to play on for like a bronze, bronze medal, medal, but I mean, right. like in terms of the tournament itself and playing for a gold winning medal, all, yep. you have to keep winning. So last year, Anderson Dolan made reference to it. Canada lost mm -hmm. on home ice. Yep. Dennis, I was there during the 2010 Olympics. I saw Team Canada in Vancouver lose yep. to the U.S. in pool play, right. and they weren't happy then. Right. <laughs> Canada, of course, had the ultimate revenge because Crosby, the golden goal, and they won the game and blah, right. blah, blah. Right. Uh, but then when, they, when Canada lost, it would have been Canada and U.S. for the gold medal in Vancouver at the World Juniors last January. It would have been awesome. Yeah. But Canada lost, and then... Yeah. Finland ends up moving on, and Kapari against Mikey Anderson. Right. People that have no idea what I'm talking about, are, are, <laughs> they need to go look this up in history, DB. Right. But that second week is when all of the real, real, real fun takes place because it's one and done to get to the yeah, gold medal. All the intensity is there. All of it, because, DB, you're talking about a U.S. team that could win the gold medal. Yep. You're talking about a Canadian team that could win the gold medal. Yep. Finland, coming off a gold medal win right. last year in a, in a fantastic, incredible gold medal game. Finland right. could win. Right. Sweden could win the right. gold medal. And Russia's Absolutely. pissed off that they're being yeah. sort of left on the outside. And at any point, they can walk up and smack you and they could yeah. win yep. the gold medal. Yeah. So you're talking about five teams that have a legit shot. It makes that week right. so exciting. All with future NHL talent. Loaded with future yeah. NHL talent. You're going to see... You name an NHL team, and they're going to have prospects in this tournament. Yeah. Like you said, DB, these are not guys that you've never heard of that are going to be drafted in 2020, right. and you're trying to play catch-up on. These are the names that you heard if you paid attention at the 2019 draft. When you were wondering, was Kirby Doc going to be the right. player drafted by the Kings? Was it going to be Byram? Was it going to, Who were these guys, right? right? And even later on in the, in, 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 the, in the draft in the first round, this is the tournament to yeah. pay attention, folks. Okay. So... IIHF, please send me my check for uh, totally. hyping up the tournament there. 
DB, uh, you have your DVR set. It's coming up, 1226, yes. okay? Yes. Let's turn things back to the LA Kings to wrap up today's show, DB. The okay. Kings are getting ready to go out on the road. They have uh, two games that are coming up here this weekend. They're going to be playing the Pittsburgh Penguins, Rob Scuderi's former team, mm-hmm. uh, who, man, the Penguins just can't seem to shake the injury bug this year. you have any scouting notes on the Penguins? Well, Alex Galchenyuk looks like a bust. Like he's a healthy scratch at this point in time. You're going bust all the way. Oh, yeah. Bust. <laughs> You're going like in hard on this one. third team. And okay. He's not even, and they have all the injury. All the injuries to the forward sits out. Gino's been out for a while, and uh, he's done He's done nothing, basically. Okay. So, uh, but they've been coached great. They're still in it. Uh, Chris, Tristan Derry is one of the uh, top, I think he was the second star of the week uh, this week. So he's been really good in net. Who was uh, number one, by the way? John Carlson. John Carlson. That's my guy. <laughs> He's going to win the MVP, the Norris. The uh, by, the way, by the way, you're late world. to the John Carlson party. John Carlson, yeah. Team USA, World oh, Juniors, yeah, no, long time right. ago. That's right. my guy from way you're back. Right. You're right. All right, anyway, go ahead. But so, Sullivan, Galchenyuk's a bust. Sullivan's done a great job there keeping them in the mix. That's a tough division with the Islanders in Washington. They better win against Detroit. Detroit's got a minus. The Kings. Yeah. Okay, so just to, just to recap, you, yeah. you think that the Kings, even with the depleted Penguins team, you think that the Kings are up against it in Pittsburgh. They are. Yeah. Okay, but the team that they should beat would be Detroit at the new building. They have a minus 50 goal differential in 30 games. The Red minus Wings. 50. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They better win that game. Okay, but the Kings are like 0 and 100 on the road. They are. But this is the... This is, this is it? The O must go. Yeah, this is if they don't win in Pittsburgh, that this would be the game to win, John. I, it, Detroit has a really good first line with the kids, uh, Larkin, Bertuzzi, and um, uh, Anthony Mantha. Um, they have Jonathan Bernier as their starting goaltender. Okay, do I have to say any more? They have one really good look. If they can stay out of the box, defend that one line, they're going to win the game, and they should win that game. I don't care about must wins. I'm not talking about must wins or anything like that. They need to. <laughs> the Kings a, don't have a must win this year, do yeah, they? Yeah. There are no well, must but you wins. You said any points or good points. Like win that game. Well, I mean, come on. Also, because I think they need to try to get to 75 points, and right now they're they're projecting out at about 65, 60, yeah. 66, 65. So, yeah, so that's a winnable game. Yeah, yeah, but uh, that's what's happening out there on the road. Yeah, I think look 500. You know, split the games. I think you're going to be happy with that. DB, another fantastic episode. Yes. Thanks again to Jared Anderson Dolan for coming on. Lakers had an all. What an outstanding <laughs> episode. And uh, DB, we'll be back soon. This is the, we're going to wrap it up for episode 15.1. We'll have to come back and do another episode for the fans. Absolutely, Jay. We'll talk to you soon, fans. On the road again. I just can't wait to get on the road again. The life I love is making music with my friends. And I can't wait to get on the road again On the road again Going places that I've never been Seeing things that I may never see again And I can't wait to get on the road again Here we go On the road road again Like a band of gypsies we go down the highway We're the best of friends Insisting that the world keep turning our way And our way is on the road again I just can't wait to get on the road again The life I love is making music with my friends And I can't wait to get on the road again Big finish And I can't wait to get on the road again 
London Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner, where open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy, giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEG. Open makes more possible.